Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. Today's show is with Bridget Chamberlain. I loved this conversation. We spent a lot of time talking about her early years as a runner and marathoner because she was in that zone that so many people are in, kind of in that you know, 4.15 to 6-hour marathon zone that, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's where the vast majority of runners are. And embracing that at that time, not feeling like, oh, I need to get faster and and all of those vibes that can certainly happen, especially when we have really fast friends who who are out there smashing things. But at the same time, her progression from this place that she really enjoyed and she really loved to all of a sudden getting a BQ this past weekend. And again, BQ, whether you want to run boss or not, it's kind of just shorthand for a super fast amateur marathoner. <laughs> and that's what she has become. So she ran in the 320s this weekend, and that was at the Chicago Marathon, I should say. And I talked, we talked about that. So certainly I want to hear about the race, but I really wanted to focus on those early years and the progression from that and everything that went into it. Before we get into the episode, I do want to say thank you to John G for sponsoring this episode. If you haven't checked John G out yet, you got to J-A-N-J-I.com. Use code RAMBLING to save 15%. They have a five-year guarantee on their running attire. It's such good stuff. Not only that, it's not boring either. They have some really interesting styles. They have normal styles as well. Not normal, but like kind of plain styles, but they also have some really interesting styles. And this is the time of year you got to get the their winter running gear, and they have all that stuff as well. In addition... They also have really good sales. So a lot of times I'll go on John G and I've done this in the past. Look at their sale department, really good stuff. So whether you get the brand new gear or the sale stuff, you get a five-year guarantee and it is so worth it. So use code rambling to save 15% at johng.com. Now let's get into it with Bridget Chamberlain. All right, Bridget Chamberlain, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. This is funny because this is your first time on the Rambling Runner podcast. However... (laughs) <laughs> you were a very active member of the Relay community when we were on Patreon. And so I feel like we've had, that feel like we have had many conversations over the internet, Zoom, Google Meet, now Riverside FM to record this. And so this is kind of like, it's it's new, but it's not new. Like I'm, I'm into it though. I'm, I'm so glad that you're here. It's true. It's funny. I almost earlier, I said, oh, this is going to be my first podcast. It's exciting. And then you and I were speaking beforehand. I'm like, well, I guess not really, sort of, kind of. But not really. Yeah. yeah, you were an active member, especially on our um our book club conversations. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, Bridget, I can't wait to have you on the show. I've wanted to talk to you for a while, and you just ran the Chicago Marathon, so we're gonna do this a little bit chronologically, and you know, for most of it, I really want to talk about your early running life. I think a lot of people um, will be able to relate to it, and I think it's also inspiring considering where you went but at the same time it's not all about the running times but at the same time when we run well we should celebrate it even if we don't run well we can celebrate it but reaching goals is really an exciting thing so tell the folks what happened this weekend in chicago i guess with the race first and then we can kind of go backwards because i know the lead-in wasn't exactly ideal (laughs) oh no it was not a great taper um yeah so this weekend um i ended up running a almost to the second and 19 actually to the second a 19 minute pr at the Chicago Marathon, and I finally, finally, finally got my Boston qualifying time with a buffer of a, just under 10 minutes. So, pretty excited. That's amazing. All right, so what was the, um, so what was the time for the the marathon? I guess we will also talk about like what age. We're talking about BQs. Part of that is like also yeah. the age range that you're in. 
Oh, never ask a woman their age. I'm kidding. I know um, that's right. I, I'm except, except on a running podcast. That's the one oh, caveat. I don't care. I'm well, and I've always <laughs> been the baby of my grade. I'm an August baby, so I've always been so much younger than everyone else. Um, I'm 35, so I just snuck into that um, 35 to 39. I think it is age group. So I got I banked that extra five minutes, which is nice, in theory. Um, and well, yeah, there's a second so the, part so to that the, question. Your time at Chicago was? Oh yeah, so it was three twenty-five eighteen, and I need a three thirty-five for my age group to qualify for Boston. Three twenty-five. That is so I really so, hope so fast. Yeah, the ten-minute barrier, right? So that we're <laughs> we've done plenty of podcasts on the barrier. I would like that the ten minutes is what that's. Uh, two minutes and 41 seconds larger than the largest ever buffer, right? Because it wasn't yeah. the largest 719. Was it 719 or was it 721 the it was COVID year right. when they like went down to 20,000? Seven and change, yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah, so I kept telling myself I like wanted at least a seven-minute buffer given the fact that obviously the week, I think literally the week before Chicago, we find out that it was a 529, I want to say, for this year, and I was just gutted because I thought five minutes is plenty. And then I thought, no, it's not. I need like at least seven. And I thought, you know, just don't focus on it. Just focus on running the fastest race you can and see what that is. Because um, it's all you right. can do anyway. Don't, you know. Um, but that was a little bit of a gut punch <laughs> right before racing. I was like, oh, no. Um, so I feel I felt so confident crossing the line. that of course, like a day later, I'm like, what if, you know, it's the, the super fun part about Boston. Right. But um, no, I think hopefully unless something crazy happens, I feel good about that. So. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned, I mentioned, and you mentioned that the taper didn't go quite the way that you had certainly wanted it to go and had expected it to go. So give us some details on exactly like when things started to go awry. Oh, gosh. No. So I would say that the week of the taper, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday was pretty average, just eating and getting a little bit extra rest. Um, Thursday was a really busy day. Um, I crammed a lot into Thursday. I had the expo. I went out to dinner. Um, I actually went to Carrie and Des's podcast recording. Um, just did a whole bunch of stuff all at once. Got home Thursday night. Felt a little tired. And then woke up Friday morning and just got really sick immediately. <laughs> and the first thing I did, of course, in COVID times was test like five times for COVID. And I just thought, please don't be COVID. It wasn't. So I thought, okay. Um, I proceeded to go back to bed until about 2.30 in the afternoon. Uh, could not keep anything down. <laughs> Got a little bit terrified that Sunday wouldn't happen at all and started thinking like, okay, if it doesn't, like if you really just can't run, then what? Just worst case scenario. And I thought, okay, well, I could do indie. I could do, you know, kind of what if. Um, but then talked to a few people who said, there's this 24-hour thing going around where you're sick, really sick for 12 hours and then you start to feel better and the next day you feel pretty okay. So I thought, all right, just fingers crossed. I had more energy, ended up eating dinner that night. And the next morning I woke up and I was tired. But I ate a ton. And I so just carved So Saturday morning? It. Saturday morning I woke up and felt really worn. Like like you do after the day you've been pretty darn sick. You just feel really worn out. Like you're t extra tired. Um, but ate like a champion. So I'm like doubling down on the carb load until about 2 o'clock. And then, um, you know, slowed it down considerably and then woke up Sunday and just thought, uh, well, I guess we'll see what happens. I really don't like I didn't run a shakeout. Um, you know, the last run I had done was Thursday morning. I hadn't really moved all that much necessarily since Thursday. I really had no idea what any of it was going to look like. And I just thought, well, I'll get downtown. 
I live out in the suburbs of Chicago. I'll get I'll get into the city, you know, I'll get situated. I'll just I'll see what happens. And I thought I, I think I feel okay. The only nausea at this point is nerves, <laughs> which is a good sign. And um, you know, I'll just I battled between do I start out a little more conservative than I had planned, or just go with Plan A, and decided to kind of straddle the between those two. Um, and then a few miles in just thought, you know what, we're just going to go for it. And if it blows up, it blows up. And if it doesn't, great. Um, but I felt good enough to just, you know, continue on like I'd planned. And, um, I guess really what I'm saying is the secret to a great race is to get the flu (laughs) 48 hours beforehand and then just eat a lot the day before. Spot the lie, right? I mean, you know, who cares about small sample sizes, right? (laughs) Challenge accepted. Right. So were you like contacting your friends or like your friends of friends who like who had this 24 hour bug to be like, you know, like, so how did you feel 72 hours later? How did you feel 48 hours later? Like all that. I was so irritating on Saturday. Like every single person (laughs) I knew who had been sick. I'm like, but what about, you know, nine hours? What about nine and a half hours later? Does this feel normal? What did it feel like this? Um, And, you know, everyone said, yeah, I feel like the day you're sick, you feel sick. Um, but the second half of that day, you feel okay. And next day you feel tired. And the day after that, you're normal. Um, and one of my friends, Jeremy, he, he had had this the day before I got it. And he said, if you had had to go for a run today, I think you could have, like if you'd on Saturday, like if you really, if you had to, I think you could have run Saturday. You shouldn't, you should get the extra rest, but just know that like, you know, if you really had to suck it up, don't you think you could have like gone out for an easy couple miles if it was just in training? And I yeah, said, yeah, but is Maybe. that like a helpful thing? You're like, yeah, <laughs> but I'm supposed to be racing a marathon, like a 30 minute easy jog, like on death's door, or you know, obviously I'm yeah. exaggerating here. Um, it's like not, it's not like a comparable like, you know, comparison point, right? For for racing a marathon, I think it was because the thought of like, okay, it's not like. I'm completely incapacitated today, right? I mean, mentally, I'm freaking out. Um, and physically, I don't feel like I'm ready to kill it. But I also, I have more in my tank today than I think I do. So as long as I keep resting, which is kind of how you feel on the taper anyway, right? You yeah. feel lethargic. Um, you're trying to get the extra rest and just eat and have your feet up. So that piece of it um, clearly worked out Yeah, okay. obviously, your muscles like were not tapped out right I mean, yeah like, oh, luckily so i mean at the same time you know there's also like the men- mental and emotional energy <sighs> expenditure so like yeah and but part of this is kind of like you know when you can't sleep but that fuels the future not sleeping because you're thinking and worrying about not sleeping right i oh, was yeah. wondering like if you were sitting there like all right like i'm freaking out right now which is like you know a mentally taxing endeavor i can't freak mm-hmm. out but now i'm freaking out that i'm freaking out Oh, yeah. I think what's interesting is that they've, and this backtracks a little, but the past year I've had so many hiccups. Um, After the last time I ran Chicago, I got hurt about two weeks later because I made a really stupid decision and ran 12 miles the weekend after Chicago and ended up with brutal ITBS for about six months. And then on my last day of physical therapy, tripped and broke my foot and had surgery. Um, And... It got to the point where I'm like, there's just so much dumb stuff that's popping up. And all I could do is just take it a day at a time. This sounds and like it, your physical therapist just wanted to keep you as a client. They're like, 
What can we do? This is her last day. What can we do to make sure that we can keep these payments coming in? He was devastated. He felt so bad. But I mean, it was literally, I'm doing um, like ladder drills and I just tripped and landed right on the side of my foot. And he goes, you've got to be kidding. And he, he's like, you're never allowed to jump in here ever again. Like you can do this outside, but like not in you my You can office. only jump into bed from now on. Yep. That's the only jumping. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so um, I feel like I got in this mindset after that of like, just take everything a day at a time, especially with an injury like IT band syndrome. There's always this fear in the back of your head that it's going to come back. And so getting back into running, it's like, okay, well, try this test run, then take a day, then try the next one. And I feel like I got into this mindset of like, and you do this in marathon training too, but like just t- one step at a time, one day at a time, one mile at a time. So when I was sick, I thought either I'm going to be okay and I'm going to still kill this race. I'm going to be okay enough to still run it. and just have to accept that. Or I'm going to be so sick I can't do it at all. And nothing like worrying about that isn't going to change that for the positive at all. So the best I can do is just kind of re- get as much rest as I possibly kill kill this rest period, sleep as much as I can, eat as much as I can, and just see what that results in. So that's yeah, the mindset I, think, I went in with. And I think someone could make an argument that like the second option there is actually the worst one. Like you're better off like oh, 100%. killing it or like knowing very early on like this ain't happening versus mm-hmm. like. I still ran the race and now I have to recover, but like I didn't really like put in the kind of thing I was going to do. And like I also can't like now go sign up for another race and, and all the things right. that kind of come downstream from that effort. I have this little group of, I call them my phone friends, my internet friends. Um, the 45, shout out to you all. I don't have a code word. I just, I'm saying hi to you. Um, and I went into our little Facebook chat and I was like, you know, what do I, has anyone ever had this happen? Like, what the heck do you do? And one of my friends, Tracy, said, if it were me, if you really feel like you can't do it by Saturday afternoon, I would sign up for another marathon in like two to four weeks. Like if you really just think Chicago is not going to be because she's like, you're in such good shape. If you really don't think you can kill Chicago um, or you start it and just know it's not your day, punt it to something else because I think you are about to do something special. So if Chicago is not going to be that, then do a different race. So even starting Chicago in the back of my head, I thought, if today's just going to be a slog, maybe you just don't finish it. And so I was troubleshooting from like Friday morning through probably mile 10 during the marathon. Just like, okay, you just have to see what happens. Like it is what it is. Just throw it out, you know, throw it out there, go for it, be smart about it and just see, see what the day has in store is just the best you can do. Right. And a big part of that too is the fact that this is your your hometown race, right? So oh, like, yes. obviously it's a world marathon major. It's this right. enormous, enormous event. But at the same mm-hmm. time, it's not like you traveled, you know, no. you, you took your family on a flight. And it's now a 30 you're minute at, drive from my house. Right. So, so it like, makes so it easier. It, that also yeah. changes the calculus too. Like if you're traveling 100%. for a race, you're like, all right, like I didn't come all this way to like, right. you know, then I drop think out I just, at mile four or something. Right. Yeah. I think at that point I just sort of said, well, you know, either just decide. You're, I mean, if I traveled, I'd probably just run it, and then that's right. okay. That fitness isn't going to go away. Enjoy the race for what it is and for what you can make it, and and just kind of move on to the next. But um, 
yeah, I mean, it's a lot easier to make those kind of last second decisions when you either get up early in the morning when you're literally like running by your house on the marathon course (laughs) i'm like a block away from my dad's condo waving so you know that makes it easier mile 12 like i could just easily that's a great place to drop like make me a meal yeah run halfway and he's like if you're having a bad day i'll bring snacks and i was like okay thanks dad just be like listen i want the snacks either way dad (laughs) i'm like if i'm having a bad day i'll stop you can give me the gatorade you can give me the whatever i'm like otherwise no offense but bye so I ran by and waved, and he's like, okay, good. That means you're having a good day. It's like, yeah, having a good day. That's nice. Yeah, the parental check-in is, is always nice, even at, even at oh, our yeah. age. Oh, 100%. My dad was at mile 12 uh, with his girlfriend, and then my husband was there with both uh, my four-year-old and two-year-old daughters. So they were all there, and I got to count down the miles until I saw them, and then I thought, okay, I'm going to be okay. Like, I saw them. Now we're gone, and, you know, I can continue on, and I didn't need to stop for the Gatorade and the cake pop. Like, we're good. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. The, I'm sure your kids immediately went for the cake pop. 100%. Yes. I mean, <laughs> my four-year-old, she's into running. She she actually, we watched Boston on TV together this past April, and she was super into it. And then halfway through, she goes, Mommy, are you going to run the Boston Marathon? And I was like, girlfriend, I'm trying. Like, I hope so. And she goes, are you going to win? And I'm like, that part, no. 100% not. Mm-mm. 0% chance. Sorry. Um, so when I crossed the finish, you're going to need to run like 20930 to win Boston <laughs> next year. The way the women's world records are going. I'm just going to break two. It's really, and I have to keep Yeah. No human is um, limited, Bridget. Exactly. I'm not limited, but I called my husband at the, when I crossed the finish and I said, tell Eleanor, mommy says we're going to Boston. And oh. that's when like the tears oh, are just like man. sobbing, you <laughs> know, uh, but, um, yeah, they're both easily, they're like me. They're very mo- food motivated. So. Hand them a cake pop and a uh, Paw Patrol water bottle, you know, and they're good to go. So they were fine. They had a blast. She asked if I could do it again tomorrow, and I'm like, absolutely not. No. Sorry. Man, she's like a little, like, like a little ginger <laughs> David Goggins. I know, right? She's like, either win or just do it again tomorrow. Those are your choices. She's the, she's the, future, uh, the future ginger runner at the age of my two-year-old. Yeah. She'll be there the next uh, podcast. And Watch out, Ethan. Yeah, right? Hey, everybody, want to give a shout out to John G, my favorite running apparel company. I love their shorts so much. They are so comfortable. I don't even realize they're on. No chafing whatsoever. In pockets galore for all the goos. And I wore their pants on my first ultra. They weren't even sponsoring the show at the time. I just love them so much. If you go to johng.com, that's J-A-N-J-I, You can use code rambling to save 15% on your order for the best attire in the world with a five-year guarantee. My goodness. Okay, let's get back to the podcast. All right, this is great, and this, and we're going to touch on this again later when we talk about like your your build up and how how times mm-hmm. progress. A nineteen minute PR is astonishing. The fact that you were at the same time planning for a massive PR because you you mm-hmm. you will you said earlier how you're thinking about like the BQ cutoffs and you know playing that kind of game. Obviously, you're not playing that mental game if you're not feeling confident that you can run. Mm-hmm in that range so obviously things were going well with that said i want to go all the way back because you shared a really interesting post on instagram uh, i think it was yesterday or the day before Mm -hmm. talking about the beginning part of your running journey and this is something that we try to touch on here a lot on the podcast but we probably 
talk more to people who are around your pace and sometimes faster than your pace, um, your current pace, I should say, as opposed to maybe your beginning marathon pace. And I think that this part of the journey is so important for so many people, even if they don't get any faster than that, because again, that you're just as much of a runner. So I want to talk about this because you shared, and I'll let you do the talking here, um, basically what, what your beginning marathon journey was like. And we don't have to right now juxtapose, juxtapose, juxtapose it <laughs> to where you are now, but I think it's informative to know where you were then because you also really enjoyed running and you kept it up, obviously, because here yeah. you are today. Yeah. So back in 2011, I guess technically in 2010, I signed up for the Chicago Marathon um, as you could just on a whim. Um, no lottery, no like queue. You could just sign up because you felt like it. And, um, you know, I was, what, 22 at the time. And so, of course, oh, why not? Of course I could run a marathon. I'm 22. I can do anything. Sure, why not? Like, I'm moderately athletic. I could do that. Uh, so I, I signed up and I ran with Team World Vision. Um, I trained. I'm using air quotes for the listeners. Um, I got the bare minimum done in terms of mileage. And anytime there was a speed workout on the calendar, I said, uh, no. And I went to Zumba instead because I hated sprinting. I was not going to go to a track. That just was very intimidating to me. So I just did all easy miles, um, tons of walking. Like just didn't, I didn't understand what it really took. And I didn't really take it. Like I took it seriously in the fact that I was checking the boxes, but not like, I mean, I would like go on a run and take like a 20 minute break in the middle to get coffee. And then like, <laughs> run a little bit more. Um, and so I, so you were doing ultra training, basically you just skipped right to ultra training, all like, the, the, Again, the aid stations, motivated all the snacks. Um, so I, I mean, I barely made it through that marathon. I think at mile 16, I saw my mom and again, the benefit of a local race. And I just said, I don't think I can finish this. And she is, um, she's super supportive. She's wonderful. She's not, um, hasn't been like, had the history of being an athlete. And so the marathon part, she was like, yeah, okay, if you want. But she wasn't going to be the one to like, suck it up. You know, you can do it. And she looks at me and she goes, well, if you wanted to drop, I guess you could. But I bet if you keep going, you might feel a little bit better. And so I thought, okay. And then by mile 18, it was like a completely different story and ended up um, finishing, which was more than I thought at the time I could do. And, um, I think it took me about six hours and 45 minutes. And I thought I am never, ever doing that ever again. Um, and so like anyone who said most people, most of us who have said that in the past, uh, two years later, I was engaged and my fiance at the time, now husband and I were talking about running a marathon together because he'd gotten into running and I said, okay, fine. So I signed us up for Chicago this time, it was two months after our wedding. <laughs> so training was just great. Um, and I didn't finish. I dropped at mile 21, 22 maybe. Um, something was going on with my foot where I could barely walk. And I just said, I'm done. Um, he ended up finishing. He did. He, I don't remember in what time, but he did, he killed it, the end of it. Um, and at that point, I said, I'm not a marathoner. Like, I can run, I guess. But, like, this clearly isn't who I am. Um, but then, of course, 
So actually, this is no, yeah, 2013. So this is right after the bombings in Boston. Um, and so it said, I remember at the time saying, it's not like I'm going to be a Boston marathon or anything. Like, I just need to move on to something else. Um, I, let's stop there because this is yeah. a great spot. So when you're internalizing, it's like, this is not who I am. Mm-hmm. Was it like, what exactly are you referring to there? Was it like, I'm not a, I'm not a runner. I'm not fast. I, I'm sure there's, there's a lot of things, but I'd, I'd love to explore that part of it. Yeah, I think... I felt like a runner because I loved running. And even as like when I was younger, when I didn't necessarily identify as a runner, like I would run 5Ks and 10Ks with my dad growing up. Like he would run 5Ks, 10Ks, um, would do shamrock shuffle a ton. I think he did half marathons. Um, And so like at least casual running was a part of my life. Like a couple of my best friends in college ran track. So I would, you know, what I would refer to at the time as like I would jog or I would run at a pace that was just cozy to me, whatever that meant and looked like. Um, but I felt like there was that. And then there were marathons that I felt like the first one I barely got through, the second one I didn't. So maybe marathons just weren't for me. And there were fast runners. And then there was what I was doing. And I felt like who I was was someone who could have fun, maybe casually run a 5k or train up for a half marathon at, you know, comfortable pace. But, um, you know, I had friends who like had qualified for Boston and were running crazy fast times. And those were, that was them. And then there was me. And those two things were wildly different. And, um, I don't know if that answers the question, but absolutely. So in your mind at that time, you felt like you were, please correct me if I'm wrong here. No, no. It sounds like you were like, making direct and what you thought were like apples to apples comparisons were like this is what a boston marathoner is and mm-hmm. this is what i am and Correct. these clearly are not the same oh 100 percent. you know like i i'm not a petite like i'm six feet tall <laughs> you know and to me boston marathoners were like these five foot two hundred pound soaking wet little itty bitty whippets and you know, I mean, I'm, I've been typically like a fairly athletic build, but I was a rower in college, so I'm not petite. I'm not short. I'm not fast. You know, I am chilling out in the back of the pack and having a fun time, but I'm not, you know, they're fast. I'm not. And that didn't bother me. It was just like, that is so separate from who I am that, you know, there's them and then there's me. And not in, and again, not in a negative way, just like it was two completely different existences, I guess. And that's a great way of putting it, because I think that there there can be times where people might fall into that same category that you were in or that same position and mm-hmm. have like a negative association with it. Like, oh, mm-hmm. man, I'm not I'm not like as good as them or, you know, and, and just just creating this this negative dichotomy as opposed to like, mm-hmm. hey, yeah, whatever, you know, like whatever, like kind of like how I would look at right now, like, hey, Joe Rogan. Look at him as a podcaster. Look at Matt as a podcaster. We're both podcasting, but we're in two different worlds. You know, like, I prefer whatever, right? you. <laughs> right. It's not like I, it's like there's no negative association there. It's just like, hey, right. yeah, yeah. you know, he's doing his thing, I'm doing my thing, and we're just at completely different levels, right? Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that's kind of where you were, and that makes mm-hmm. sense. And it's cool that like you didn't have a negative association with it. It was just kind yeah. of like, yeah, whatever. You know, just keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like some people play football in the NFL, some people play JV football, and like there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, you know, 
not often that someone goes from JV to the NFL. So, like, why would I think that that was a thing? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And we, we keep saying, like, BQ, BQ, because that's, like, that's the – because there's a, a number, a numerical association with that. Right. And I think it's just, mm-hmm. like, for a lot of people, like, even if there's, like, running Boston isn't a thing for them, the shorthand – it's, like, it's a nice shorthand way of talking about, like, an ex, a really fast marathoner. Yeah. Right? Like, a very – a really fast marathoner. And it's, like, you know, so here, here you are. The first two, kudos for sticking it out. Like mm-hmm. six hours and forty five minutes. That's a long time to be on your feet doing a whole lot of anything. Like I can't oh, even stand up say, for six hours. Never mind, move. That was way harder. Like I ran a three twenty five on Sunday. The six forty five was way freaking harder than the three twenty five. It was way harder. You're out there for twice as long. Um, I mean, maybe in an immediate sense, like it quote unquote hurts less because running that fat like it freaking hurts but being out there for that long sucks <laughs> like it's yeah, so running hard. a marathon untrained is is the worst oh my god I've done it. my first marathon even, was untrained okay even when you're 22 and you're an idiot like it's still it's hard you know and it's right i still think that that's the hardest marathon i've ever run was the first one because i didn't respect the distance and being on your feet right. for that long is really difficult it's so true. Yeah, I think that I did the Hartford Marathon, and like it was kind of similar to you. Like I was definitely running, right? It wasn't yeah. like, hey, you know, I'm just gonna try to run a marathon as like a goof or something like that. Like I definitely mm-hmm. like, did some running, but I think I maxed out at 40 miles a week, and it was like mm-hmm. by accident. Like I was probably like closer <laughs> to like high 20s, low 30s the whole time. Like, yeah, you know, again, there's nothing wrong with that, but like I was capable of doing more. I just wasn't doing more. And I like, 100%. I also didn't have like a long history of endurance running. So I couldn't even like, you know, utilize this like, all right, well, I've been playing soccer for five years, like, mm-hmm. two, you know, two hours a day. It's so like, yeah, I'm not running all the time, but like, I got some, I got some strength in my legs here. Let's, let's get it popping, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, and it was brutal. I remember like, I was crying on the course. Like I was physically and mentally, oh, yeah. like, I was drained. I had nothing oh, left. Yeah. I was like, this is, I don't understand what's happening to my body. But <laughs> this is like ridiculous. I was like, it was but I have terrible. to get back to where I'm going. Like my car is in downtown Hartford. I have to get there. Right. And my family is there too, you know? So I was like, I can't just sit here on this highway overpass. Like I gotta get moving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was yeah, it's brutal. So talk to me about the evolution from that situation. Right. We we mm-hmm. did you did a great job describing that, where you were, why, but we also know where you are now. So talk to me mm-hmm. about the evolution, I guess, first of all, from like a mindset shift, or maybe it was maybe it was physical before the mental, but the evolution of being, you know, basically the separation of like them versus me and like mm-hmm. what you were capable of doing and what was potentially going to lie in your future. So after 2013, and I just said, forget it, um, we might... My uh, husband and I were living in Denver at the time, in a suburb of Denver, Littleton, Colorado. And we moved, I'm from the Chicago area originally. And so we moved back here. Um, and I said, you know, it just, I started to get FOMO in October. Like everyone's talking about, because we were running still at this time. And everybody's talking about the Chicago Marathon. We would be out, you know, in our gear or like a t-shirt or a quarter zip or whatever from the other races. And they were like, Oh, are you going to do Chicago this year? And I was like, no, no, no. And I thought, 
I don't know, maybe one more time. Because the last time, like, that ended on a poor, like a sour note. Maybe we do it one more time. So we signed up again in 2015. Um, and this time it was like, okay, I'm going to take it a little bit more seriously. Like, I'm actually, I didn't train well for the last one. You know, we were wedding planning. Um, he was in grad school. Like, it was, you know, I was working retail. Like, any bad thing like you know we're like on our feet constantly we're like not sleeping we're planning a wedding all these major life changes and then we go run and we were training at altitude which i thought meant i would just be able to like run really fast which is not how that works if you don't train uh, and when sitting on your butt at altitude does not equate to running really fast at sea level in case we're wondering if it did oh my god that would be great <laughs> i would I mean, just move to the top of everest and exactly. then i could be kipchoge um, yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. just moving. Where, where's the Leadville 100? I'll move, move up there. Just hang out. Oh, this just, is killing me that just, I can't think of it. Leadville, Colorado. Leadville. Yeah. Is, is yeah, it yeah. in Leadville? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Isn't that why it's? Yeah. Is it Leadville? Someone's I'm gonna, trying to think. Anyway, I, have I feel like an idiot. Want, I, know I know the town I'm, I'm thinking at. of. I know the town I'm thinking of, and it's not it's not coming to me. But anyway, anyway, I know. you bring up a good point. I love that intuition yeah. of like, hey, I am at altitude. Yeah. So this See, coffee whatever. break is we're actually I'm actually cross training right now. Right. <laughs> Basically elite. Um so yeah, we signed up again. We took it more seriously. And then that year I ran somewhere in the ballpark of like five and a half hours. So it was a significant PR, but I also ran most of it. So then I start like the wheels start to turn. And I'm like, well, I could do that again. I bet I could do that faster. Again, not like I didn't go from that to like, I am going to run Boston. But I thought like, I bet I could do that faster next year. So signed up again the next year. And this time I, I really commit. And I want to say 2016, I ran a half marathon in the spring and broke two hours for the first time. And when that happened, I thought basically I went from I'm not fast to I'm essentially already a Boston marathoner because look at how fast I just ran this half marathon. So all I need to do is run 30 seconds a mile faster in a marathon and I'm right there, like easy. <laughs> so I run, I run it, so this is yeah, 2016 and I ran a 411 and just thought like, or no, there was something in between there. I think I'm skipping a year. I ran the for like 55 or something and then I thought then I ran the half and then I ran the 411 and I thought okay next year for sure and then 2017 I'm somehow screwing up these dates but I know that in 2017 I thought I'm gonna PR again I always PR this is just how this works and I ran a 412 and I was just like devastated like I did not PR I'm so pissed um I'm going to go like a couple weeks later, I ran Marine Corps um, because apparently that also makes sense. Don't I don't know. I jogged it like I really like what and I didn't like I ran Chicago, but it for example, I could not do that after Sunday. Like I would not even think to like I would not consider it. But at the time I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, And I thought, well, I'll just next year for sure I'll have to like get even quicker and two weeks after marine corps i tripped on a run and shattered my elbow like shattered it i fell right on the corner um and i had to get surgery so that kind of threw a wrench in 2018 so i didn't run in 2018 then in 2019 i had my daughter eleanor my oldest 
All right, and let's then, pause there. Let's yes, pause go there. Ahead. So go ahead. when you went from 5.30, so yeah. 5.30 is like the first time, like, okay, I'm really going to be, this is more of like a running race as opposed to like an Correct. endurance challenge kind of vibe, yeah. right? Yeah. So it becomes more of a running race for you. You get around 5.30 and then you progress down to 4.11, which is mm-hmm. an enormous improvement. I've seen yeah. 4.11, that's around 9.15, 9.20 pace. Which mm-hmm. is really, it's really good. So, yeah. what were some of the changes that you made in your training to to make that jump? Because there's a lot of people who right now right. we're kind of in that group or somewhere in that range right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually did speed work, um, for the first time ever. Like, if there was a a workout on my uh training plan, I didn't go. Oh no, I'm not doing that. Like sprints on a treadmill, I'll just like go do something else entirely and not even run. So I, I still love the fact that you did Zumba as like, as your cross training, as your cross training alternative to speed work the first time. Oh, to be fair, that's a pretty decent cardio workout. It is a good workout for sure, but it's not at all like running. No, it's not even close. So, um, I would have been better off like swimming or like sight or taking like spin or I don't know. Anyway, um, I actually did speed work. And then I kind of sort of dabbled in like tempo runs. Like I just, I took it all. I actually followed the training plan. Like if it said I should do something, I did it. Um, And I did like runs with more of a purpose. And I tried to not walk as much as possible because to me, like my goal for this marathon was don't walk. Um, And so I am like, well, if I want to do that in the marathon, I should probably practice that in training. So, um, really a combination of like committing to actually doing the speed work and sucking it up, even though I hated it and um, committing to be not that like walking during like an easy run or a long run makes you not serious. That's not what I'm saying. But to me, I was not giving it my full effort. I was kind of half-assing it previously. Like I just, the training, I was like, eh, I don't really want to do this part. I don't really want to do this part. I don't really feel like doing this. Yeah. Kind of like training on your own terms. Yeah. And this time I said, no, like I'm going to commit to actually doing this the way that I'm, you know, it's written out that I should be doing it and see what that does. So that's how I got there. Um, and when you say written out, what, who was doing the writing? Like, where was this oh, coming no, from? Like, like the Chicago Marathon website training plan, <laughs> like whatever, you know, they email you and they're like, here's your training plan. And I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> I'll just do this. Um, or like when I would run for charity, they would give you a free one, a freebie. Right, right. And so that's what I was using, which for the record, I still have never worked with a coach. The training plan I've used for my last two marathons, shout out to another Relay member, were both from Lindsay Hine that she offers like on her, like the standard like training plan that she sells for like $35. That is what I used. And it's fan friggin' tastic A+. She will be slightly embarrassed that I'm shouting her out right now, but I don't care. I'm shouting her out anyway. Lindsay Hine. Sounds like a steal of a deal. 35 bucks. Yeah, That's whatever. pretty good. I could be, I could be, and maybe it's like 40, but I mean like a fraction of what it costs to hire a coach because it's just not in my budget right now. So I thought, well, you know, this looks like a really great plan and you kind of have a range of whatever. So I've kind of piecemealed. And then the more you run, you kind of figure yourself out a little bit. And I, you know, I have a track club that I run with now too. Anyway, um, but to get to the 411, that's what the difference was. So, yeah, that's that makes a lot of sense, and I think people can take a lot from that, right? Because you, you know, introducing the speed work, which can be mm-hmm. because everyone comes at this differently, right? Because there's some people, and like this was my category, it was like, 
I love doing the speed work. It was the long stuff. I didn't have the endurance. Oh, yeah. So, like, like doing 5Ks and stuff and doing track workouts, like, that was my jam, right? It was kind of like how you can see people who'd be like, all right, like, here's, like, your CrossFit training plan to running a marathon. It's like, that's an odd choice of words. But <laughs> it works for some people, right? Like, yeah. I'd be, like, in that group. Like, I'd be like, oh, yeah, like, explosive stuff. Like, this is fun. I really enjoy it. And then there's, like, at the other end of the spectrum, there's plenty of people in between more mm-hmm. like on your vibe of like, hey, I, I like running. I can be out here all day. This is fun. But like, ugh, speed, track, fast, like stay away from me. But it's so funny. It's like ultimately you have to kind of you kind of need all of it. Well, you know, like, like any sport, the part that you suck at is the part you need to work on. Um, I played lacrosse in high school and it's like your non-dominant hand. Right. So I, th- I was I'm right handed. Well, that means you should really work on, on throwing and catching left-handed twice as much. And, you know, that was like, ugh, no, why? I don't, I'm not good at that part. I want to do the part I'm good at. I don't want to do the part I'm not good at. I only, you know, it's like lifting. I don't want to do the strength work. I want to do the fun stuff. I want to go on a long run. I don't want to do track workouts. Like, I want to do the stuff I'm good at and enjoy and can easily do more is more natural to me than the stuff I have to feel like I'm fighting myself on because it's harder for me. And when you, once to me, once I made the switch to say, no, I really need to commit to the strength work. No, I really should like, if I'm not, like I have one gear under a mile, like my mile pace down to like 800 to, it's all like the same. I have like one gear once I get under a certain mile, my time does not drop. So I'll like stick with my little group for like 1200s. And then once we get to 200s, everyone just laps me. Um, but the more I worked on that piece of it, the faster I got with everything else. So it's like working on what you aren't as strong at. Made it For sure. Sure. But, yeah. but with the marathon, it's so easy to rationalize not doing the speed work because you're like, listen, I'm not going that fast. On, not, not, right. not going fast, but like speed isn't the name of the game on race day. So it can be Correct. so easy to be like, no, this is an endurance race. This is about mm-hmm. being being able to be out there all day, especially like if you're in that four or five, six hour range, be like, hey, what do I have to worry about speed? I'm just trying not to walk, man. Like, I'm not out here worrying about speed. So it's easy to, like, rationalize and think, like, all right, logically, that doesn't make sense. Who cares about running fast right now? Like, I'm just trying to run, period. Right. Yeah. But anyway, that really wasn't a question. It was more of a statement. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so, all right. So you're hovering low fours, got the 411, then the, mm-hmm. P, the streak of PRs gets broken. And then you run yep. 412. Right, yep. your little so the kind of like because this is your first time being frustrated from your yeah. marathon performance. Is that the first yeah. time? Other than the DNF, yeah. I mean, but that I was more like, injury related, right? It wasn't like a performance issue. I don't really know what that was. I mean, yes, it was like I physically could not move forward really anymore, and they were kind of like, I mean, you could try to limp to the finish, but will you make it there before the sweep vehicles? Like maybe. Um, yeah, this is the first performance-related frustration where, like, I felt like I had put it all out there and, like, what do you mean I didn't get a PR? I always PR because, you know, as you're – when you're fresh, like, new to something, you get better a little bit more quickly because you just have no – it's like running a distance for the first time. Yeah, you, duh, you PR. You've never done it before. Like, free PR. <laughs> um, and so – I got frustrated and then took a break because I had surgery and then I had my first daughter. And so 2020 man was going to be my year. 
I was making a comeback. Best year ever, 2020. <laughs> Best year ever. Uh, spoiler alert. No, it wasn't. So um, I had signed up. I had gotten in for 2019, but was pregnant, so I deferred. Uh, because Chicago still had a deferral policy even back in 2019. So... Um, I was all excited to run in 2020. Clearly that didn't happen. I did do the virtual option and my mom came out with my uh, husband and little one-year-old Eleanor and like cheered me on. Um, but that was, you know, and that was for fun. Um, and uh, then in 2021, I had my second daughter. So 2022 rolls around and um I thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to get back into marathoning. I got in via the lottery, and I really wanted to go for it. And I didn't really know what that looked like, but I wanted to give it, like, like go all in and really just see what I could do with the marathon last year. So what, um, where was your body – what was your body like oh man. when you were making that decision? Because, again, yeah. so you had, you'd had two children, and mm-hmm. you – you know, also like just hadn't really been in the running game for a while. I mean, I don't know how much you were mm-hmm. running when you were pregnant, but like, you know, just from like a, a racing amount. perspective, like it wasn't, it wasn't like the buildup you were having previously, even if you were yeah not quite as, as fast then, like it seemed like it was like, all right, we got the marathon, we're building up, we're doing our thing, training, 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 right? Like, and mm-hmm. now all of a sudden you've all these hurdles that were yeah. put in the way. So what, how did your body feel at the beginning of this, of 2022, when you're making this decision to go all in? So when I was pregnant with my with Eleanor with my oldest, um, I had I was one of those super irritating pregnant people that had like the easiest pregnancy. I ran the day I gave birth, like, you know, I could run like 30, 40 miles a week, like, you know, oh, this is so magic. And um and then I think it was maybe three no. I I was about to say three weeks later, that was completely false. Seven, seven weeks later, um, I started slowly getting back into running again. Um, and, uh, battled some soft tissue stuff, but for the most part was pretty unscathed. Obviously you're a lot slower when you're pregnant. It was really just about like enjoying it and having fun. And then coming back, there's, you know, your body just does not snap back. Um, and then when I, you know, and then I did some virtual racing, that kind of thing. Um, Olivia, (laughs) my second, that was a totally different story. I had severe SI joint issues, um, to the point where I couldn't walk for two or three months um they thought i had torn my mcl and i finally made it into a physical therapist who said took one look at me and said do a back you know kind of lean back against this table okay stand up straight now walk and it was like a light bulb went off and she said it's an si joint issue your nerve is completely like stuck up underneath your joint that's why you're having problems so that pregnancy was really difficult um she ended up being premature uh, I ended up back in the hospital afterwards. Totally different. <laughs> I got why I was irritating the first time. I was like, oh, this is why women would look at me and roll their eyes like, great, nice for you. <laughs> it was really, really hard. Um, so when I got back into running after her, it really was just about taking time for myself. I'm not one of those people. And there's nothing wrong with jogging strollers. I have one that I do not use. My husband does sometimes. Um, but running for me was like my sacred time to myself. Um, I freelance, I work part-time from home around the girls' schedules and I stay home with them. So I am around them 24 seven, especially during COVID and especially when they're little, little. And so the 
only time I had away from everybody where no one needed anything, no one asked me anything. I just was completely by myself when it was when I was running. And so that became like my time for me. And so I was just like, let's get going. How many, how many 5Ks can I do or whatever it looks like? How many races can I sign up for even if I'm just jogging it? Um, so by the time I got around to signing up for Chicago, when I, when I used the deferral, I just like, yeah, sure, whatever. When I started training, I think becoming a mom, mom strength is real for two reasons. You don't have time to F around. <laughs> like your kids don't like the fact that you have to get home to a certain time to feed your kids or get them to school or whatever. It doesn't matter if you don't feel like picking it up at the end of a run when you're supposed to pick it up and you timed it like that. You need to get your butt home. <laughs> um, and I think, too, your body goes through so much. Pregnancy, childbirth. Um, I wanted an epidural, but not in the cards for me either time. Didn't work. Um, postpartum, you don't sleep. Oh, yeah, it was really fun. I I was like, I really would like an epidural. I don't want to do the natural childbirth thing. And for whatever reason, neither time did that work for me. So that was a trip. Um, but you learn so much about your body when you're pregnant, I think, in a way that you, at least for me, that I didn't know my body before. Um, and you're like, you're just so taxed carrying a baby, having a baby, but then also just being a new parent and not sleeping and constantly feeding and just being needed 24 seven. Mentally, I think you get a lot tougher. I did than I was before. Before I could be selfish, I could be lazy about when I left, whatever. Um, Not anymore. Like you really just, you know, and I think COVID to a point hardened all of us too a little. Like, I don't know. I just got, I was more purposeful with everything in my life, I think, especially after my second. And so, I thought, well, if I'm going to run this, like I'm going to commit, I'm going to freaking do the thing. So bought a training plan from Lindsay, shout out Lindsay, and just said, I'm going to kill it. Like, I, I don't know what that's going to end up resulting in, but I'm going to go full in on this thing and see what happens. Um, and I ended up PRing every single distance in 2022, <laughs> every single one. Yeah. And I think a lot of it was a, the mental toughness piece. B, I learned how to race. I don't think I really understood how to do that before. Um, and then because you were really focusing on these longer distances, where like yeah. racing takes a very. I mean, we're focusing a lot on the marathon here, but it seems like you weren't mm -hmm. like doing a ton of five Ks. Where like oh, racing is very Ks. different at these shorter races than it is yeah. like at the marathon, where like yeah, it's just it's just different. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think I'm looking. I have my bibs over here. For I only keep the ones that I PR on the wall. And I write the times on them. And I did a 5K, a 10K, a half, and a full in 2022. And I PR'd in every single one of them. And I think a lot of it was understanding, oh, this is what racing is. I get it now. Like, before, I thought, oh, well, I'm tr like, I'm trying. But I don't think I had reached the potential of where I could get to because I don't think I pushed my body to the point where I was really seeing what it was made of, if that makes sense. It does, but I also think it's instructive that, like, it's not like you ran, say, your first marathon, right? Mm -hmm. And we're like, all right, I'm going all in. And it was like, went mm -hmm. all in like that, that, like that, you know, the following six to nine months after that, 
because you know you you've been doing this for a long time at this point, right? Like the lifetime yeah. of miles, not lifetime, but like you know what I mean. Right? You have the accumulated mileage. Your body is used to running, like, and all these all these marathons you run before, like that. Those are huge stimuli, and and, mm-hmm. and that, that you've worked through. So you were also in a point where you could absorb that kind of training in 2022 because of all the stuff that preceded it, as opposed to being like. I've never run before, but like I'm going all in on training hard. It's like, all right, like welcome to Injury Central. You know what I mean? Like you're not. <laughs> oh yeah. Kind of tough. Well, and I had really battled. I mean, after Eleanor, I had a lot of soft tissue stuff go on. Um, you know, hormones go nuts, and then with Olivia, obviously, I had the um, the SI joint stuff, and so I think interwoven into this was just battling like injury after injury after injury, and then after Chicago 2022. When I went from, I really hope I can, like my goal was to break four hours and I ended up running a 344.18, which was, I think, well, yeah, from a, from a 411. So that was massive. Fat, yeah. A large number. I can't do math right now. I'm too tired. Yeah. It's like 20, um, it's like a 26 minute PR. Yeah. Like, like you're running like 830 pace. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's fantastic. And I crossed the finish line and the way that I race um similar to the mini podcast you put out i think right before chicago is that right hey, I, think I dm'd you and i was like this shout is out exactly to the pod shout out to the pod <laughs> um always shout out to the pod but that's how i race i start off and say okay pick a pace that isn't like easy but that i know i can like you know i have done marathon pace miles at this for forever like this is fine i can just plug into this mile 15 hits and I look at a person in front of me and say, okay, you're going down. And then the next person, okay, now I'm going to get you. Okay, now I'm going to get you. And then I would say the last, depending on how I feel, like 10, 10 to 5K, full send it. Just this freaking launch. This is your crew background coming out. Yeah, right? A strong 10. Ready? Push. And um, shout out to the rowers. And um, so I don't really, like I knew last year that I was going to break four hours because I saw the four-hour pace group go behind me. Outside of that, I had no flipping idea what my time was until I stopped my watch and said, oh, shoot. Okay. <laughs> that was a lot faster than I thought it was. And I'd ran Chicago this year the exact same way. I started just behind the 330 group and thought, hopefully I can stick with them. If not, you know, then not. And I passed them around mile. Well, I caught up to them at mile 14, hung with them for a little bit. And then at mile 16 or 17 thought, I'm not going to see you again. Absolutely not. Like, you're in my rear view, and I better not see your face again. And then I just started picking people off. In the last four miles, it was like, all right, it's go time. And down to, like, I mean, four miles to go, I felt awful. It was just like, I mean, how am I even going to finish it? And I just thought, you know what? Shut up. Like, some people don't operate well with that kind of a mindset but i was like just turn that off four miles are between you and boston so you either dig deep or give up so you just have to like stick in it and um i stuck in but i didn't i didn't really know what my time was going to look like until i crossed stopped my watch and looked down so i knew that it would be under 330 because i didn't see the group come back but i had no idea that it was 325 at all none Right, and because it's a world marathon major, the timing the timing above the finish line doesn't mean anything because it starts Correct. way, yeah. way before. Yeah, yeah. 
that is wild. You know, kudos to you. I, I love the, oh, the competitiveness thanks. that comes out in you that you describe in these races. It's and so it's funny. so funny because I'm not like that in like any other area. I'm very quintessentially Midwestern. Like the only other thing I would ever brag about is like getting something on sale or like, you know. <laughs> A pasta salad that's recipe. The, like, that's my favorite Midwestern meme is the on it's sale. so like, true. That's a great sweatshirt. Well, I got it was 15% off. <laughs> I do that constantly, like all the time. Preschool drop off, like, oh, yeah. I'm like, I know. Oh, that's what you even did it with Lindsay Hines' plant. Like, you didn't did. have to tell us the cost. Like, I'd use Lindsay Hines' plant. That would have been enough. I'm like, no, no, no. Check out this bargain. <laughs> I got a steal, you guys. It's so great. It's from TJ Maxx. Um, yeah, so it's I don't do that and I think I think now I finally arrived at a place where even at track practice I get teased for um I'm part of a I joined a track club this year for the first time for workouts. So I use Lindsay's plan and then Thursdays I would practice with um shout out Naperville Running Company Track Club. And I have my little pace group in there. And you know, it's like, okay, here's the workout we're going to do at 5k pace. So what do you want to run these 1200s in? And I would always be a little conservative. And, the, you know, the joke was, okay, yeah. So you say you're going to go out in 710. So what, 645? And I'm like, no, no, no. No, you guys, that's too fast. And lo and behold, six, yeah, 645. <laughs> and it wasn't like, I'm not the type of person that will sandbag to be like, oh, I'm not going to run that fast. Huh. I genuinely don't think I can do it. I just don't, I just don't know. And it's not like, Oh no, I'm slow. It's just, I have no idea. I just don't have any concept of what that's going to look like. Um, yeah. Especially if you're not like doing your workouts, like on a track timed, like I don't do that anymore. Like my, my coach mm-hmm. doesn't, doesn't want me doing that. So I don't, even though I really like being on a track. So like I, like you mentioned this, like I right, 1200. So I'm sitting here like we, he doesn't, he doesn't even want me doing like splits. Yeah, but he just like he'll just go like on the Strava track or like he'll have fast you going. So like I don't have the splits on there. I don't have anything. So if you're like, mm-hmm. hey Matt, how, how fast are we? Like I have no idea. So like I totally get it. Like you're sitting there like I don't, I don't track this. Like how would you even know? You're like I guess estimate. You know whatever. Yeah, and so like this year I decided again to kind of go for it with the marathon and really just wanted to go after the BQ. But then I also thought, well, heck, let's see. You know, I'm now I'm getting competitive. Like, how much can I lower everything else by? And um, and I don't say this to be like boastful, but I say this to say that once I really committed to figuring out like how good can I really be? Like, what am I made of? Stop doubting yourself. Like, friggin' full send it and see what you can do. I PR'd in everything again, and I think the difference was that this time around I had the confidence from last year to say, like, stop selling yourself short and just really freaking go for it. So, like, when you run a 5K, just go way too fast off the gun and just keep going and see what happens, you know? Don't do that in a marathon. But like, in a 5K, um, like, give yourself a shot and put yourself in it and see what that results in instead of running a little bit scared. Like, well, you can't, that's really going to hurt. Or, like, what if you blow up? Or what if this or what if that? Just find out. And so that's been really, I think, the coolest part about, even if I didn't PR in a dang thing, I think that mindset breakthrough this year was really cool because I think for the first time I really put myself in it and like gave myself a shot to find out what my version of fast was and like what my body could physically do. 
And I think before I held back just a little, can pretty consistently. Yeah, well, that's a great that man. You nailed it. That was really good. I thank <laughs> you for sharing that. Yeah, um, I'm not even sure like how I'm. I'm still processing it. I'm sitting here like, hey, what am I gonna say next? Like, I want to like <laughs> take it and like wrap it around me like a blanket because <laughs> it's really good, and um, it's really instructive. I think for for so many of us, right? Because it's not even pace dependent, right? It's just about like mm-hmm. you know, putting yourself in the fight like that, yeah. and not being worried about the 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 potential negative negative result or negativity, um, mm-hmm. even if it's self imposed negativity that can be uh, surrounding things like that, and. I also love the fact that you put yourself in those positions, as you mentioned before, but not not recently in this conversation, but much earlier that, you know, 2023, it's not like it started off great. Like you ran 12 miles after Chicago 2022, had the IT band situation, mm-hmm. and then the infamous like breaking your foot oh in the gosh. PG office, which not I many know. people can, can boast about. So what... <laughs> So coming off of both of these injuries, which are also, especially with the IT band stuff, I guess I guess the foot yeah. really helped heal the IT band because it's hard to push the IT band when you have a broken foot. But yeah. like coming off these two back-to-back injuries, you know, when you're starting 2023, did you have the same gusto as 2022 in the beginning, or were you a little bit more tempered because like, hey, you're you're coming off these these back-to-back injuries? No, I was ready to go for it. I had actually had a spring marathon that I was signed up for, but obviously I couldn't run it. Um, and so I was ready to get like, I was antsy to get after it. Um, but a big thing that I did differently because I'd been injured and IT band syndrome is like, my case was nasty. Like my IT band was so tightly wound. I'm, you know, nothing was working. And so I started working with, I had been working with my PT who's great. So he did not break my foot. Like, he's wonderful. He does a great job. Um, But I also started seeing a chiropractor. And the combination of the two made a huge difference in staying healthy and in rehabbing from injury. So um, I feel like I went into this year with just as much enthusiasm and, like, real hunger to, to get it done. I felt like I was closer than I had been to a BQ. And I felt like for the first time ever... Like, maybe I can do this. Like, maybe that is actually something I can accomplish. But I also felt like I had a better understanding of, okay, but don't be dumb. Like, you know, if you feel like an injury is popping up, address it right away. Um, Have people that you can go to just to make sure that your body's staying relatively healthy. Um, And so I had an Achilles thing pop up in June and immediately took two weeks off saw my P like went in, saw my PT. I think I had like three weeks of just kind of preemptive stuff. Um, you know, went to the chiropractor, got Graston, got like all manual manipulation stuff done and came back from it really quickly because I took it super seriously. Um, so I feel like this year, yeah, I mean, like I was all in, I was very much committed to not only, I really want to run faster. I really want to commit to doing all this training, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to join a track club. I'm going to do all this stuff. But I'm going to do all that little stuff that I had made excuses to avoid before, like the physical therapy, like the prehab work, core work. I'm going to do strength training twice a week. I'm going to do all of these clamshell hip exercises that I don't like because that's the way that I'm going to get through this unscathed. Um, That stuff also makes a difference, which is irritating because, again, I don't like it. 
but I did it and it made a big difference. <laughs> Why can't we just do it on our own terms, Bridget? Why do we I have know. to listen to all these experts and all their good so advice? So dumb. Why can't so I just annoying. do it the way I want to do it and still get the results that I want? Me with zero medical degrees or master's degrees or any, you know, I went to college, bachelor's in communications. Why can't my bachelor in communications be enough to just, you know, run super long mileage all the time and not do speed work and not strength train, not do exactly. anything else? And just Is that too fast. much to ask? Come on now. Well, yeah. can hear you are, you know, from the first marathon to your most recent, you literally cut the time in half, which is a remarkable <laughs> thing to say. Um, but it's because of all the work that you've done. But at the same time, I love the way that you've approached it. Um, I think that's really instructive because oftentimes, just like, we, just like we just talked about, like we can be our own worst enemy with this stuff in terms of like our approach. Like it can, it can really sideline us from our potential and here you are doing something that you made it clear early on in your life that you saw as an impossibility and you were it was such an impossibility that you weren't even mad about it <laughs> like yeah. there was no i don't even have you didn't have any fomo there was no, no. jealousy it's like that's just nope. not me dude like i'm not gonna play in the nba oh well big deal right, right. Like, but and then here you are like after all of these steps so thank you so much for sharing all of it it, it really is um very informative and it's just it's just great to hear oh of course thank you for letting me talk about it it's it's fun it's been a wild a wild ride and a really wild uh week <laughs> So oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. So are you last question? Obviously like, yep. you're super excited about um about Boston and getting, a little bit like, the BQ and all of that. <laughs> but we should say like that's you know, a year and a half off. It right? is. So so what are at this point any like elementary plans? Uh, that's not the right word, but initial plans for twenty twenty four in terms of races that you want to do. Yes. Um so my next race that I have my eye on and some of this is we're kind of playing it by ear uh end of november i'm going to try and break 20 in the 5k because that is another goal that i came dangerously close during marathon training didn't quite hit it and i would like to say see if i could end the season after resting you know slowly coming back hitting some speed work and just seeing if it happens if it doesn't it doesn't but that would be the icing on the cake so we'll see um and then uh i'm going to take some time to just easy run and enjoy the holidays. I have a spring marathon that I'm already signed up for that I deferred when I had surgery. I haven't decided if I'm going to do it yet because I feel like there's a big enough buffer that I don't, it, that was more like, okay, if you don't hit it in Chicago, then just do round two. So I'll either run that in April or I'll do um, like another round of half marathon training in the spring, which is historically what I've done is like try and drop the half marathon time down or just hit a fast half as fast as you can and then kind of roll that into fall marathon training. And then I'm going back to Chicago because why not? It's just up the road. So it's fun. up the road, right? Yeah, exactly. Got, why not? I got what, the entry, so. <laughs> so what's the what's the marathon in April that you may or may not do? Uh, BQ.2, which is out by St. Charles. I don't, maybe in Geneva, Illinois. Okay. It's a farther, farther west, far western suburb of Chicago. So it's like. 45 minutes in the uh, west as opposed to Chicago, which is about uh, 30 minutes east of where I live. Gotcha. All right, yeah. Bridget. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thanks, Matt.